That's Retro Fandango. That's Retro Fandango. When it's Android over iPhone, and you can keep your stupid amiibo and always bashing on Nintendo. But that's Retro Fandango. That's Retro Fandango. Thanks, Retro Fandango. Well, Fandango boner. Fo-fo-boner. Fandango boner. Fo-boner. Boner. Hello. Ow. Oh, look at you, man. Midday Vox. I never see this guy before. <laughs> That's right. Hair's all combed. Shirt on shirt. Madness. Uh, all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. That room is so bright behind you. <laughs> I slept. I've eaten. And yeah. I feel great. Wow. Comes through. Hey, well, you know, when we record at normal times. Yes. Which we never do. No. No. You must be getting kind of sleepy, though. I am. <laughs> that old man, old man syndrome kicking mm, in. 5.30 is going to hit hard and fast tomorrow morning. You wake up at 5.30? Yeah. I try to wake up at 5.30, but usually 6. Let's see if I can find Duke. Oh, oh, there he is. He's, he's under Mar... I, I could say his name. He says his name, right? Mark Mildenberger... Milton Dookie. Yeah. He's coming. Here he comes. Hello. Hello? Hi. What's happening? Can you see me? No. I can hear you. Oh, hold on. Hold on a minute. All right. <clears throat> We're already recording. This is the show. Just hey, so you uh, know. Oh, okay. Before you tell me any <laughs> secrets or anything. That's, that's how sure. we do it now. <laughs> hey, what's up, Duke? How are you? I'm good. Good. We just we just established I'm wide awake. Yes. Oh, look at him! The first time Kevin has seen me like properly groomed. Yeah, hair combed, everything. Hey, Richard, are you forty yet? Did that happen? Happy birthday, by the way. Are you forty yet? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's very appropriate that uh, Duke is here. It's like the the forty year old club, all right? right. We're, we're all up in there, but we're not. So uh, we can start. <laughs> We're not talking about weather or prostrates. Like, what are we talking about first? <laughs> there's, a, there's only two uh, type of men in this world. Men with uh, prostrate problems and men who are about to have prostrate problems. Exactly. Are, are we all saying prostrate like Sipowitz? Uh, yeah. And there goes Sarah closing door. Thank you. Uh, like uh, Duke, you get to see that too. That's uh, That was a ghost. <laughs> no. She didn't even want to come on camera. Oh, a witch. She just said a witch. Yeah. She just. Uh... <laughs> <sighs> okay. So, are you forty yet, Richard? You haven't answered the question yet. I guess you are. I am. Right? Okay. Yeah. Well, happy fortieth. I finally hit it. Thank you. What'd you do for your fortieth? <sighs> Nothing. Yeah. I, uh, my birthday was on a Thursday, and it was just too busy, so we didn't do anything until Friday. Okay. So I just held off on the. I got my cake, and uh, I, I got a new jigsaw. Um, I bought myself a, a new model kit. Nice. Uh, um, my kids drew me some pig. Oh, you'll love this. Where is it? Check this out. I got to frame this. My daughter made this for me. More visual stuff for this audio. Oh, that's oh. nice. <laughs> that's so cool. <laughs> that is cool. Isn't that great? That's awesome. That is a. So you got the uh, the lettering and all that. Oh, a lot, yeah. a lot of detail. There's windows in there. We are looking at transparent a aluminum, homemade uh, drawing of the USS Enterprise. Mm -hmm. Very nice. Constitution class. Very good. 
Awesome. She had asked me um, like a day before, you know, to to see the the model ships that I have, and so I brought her a couple different enterprises. She's like, like, what do you want these for? And she's like, ah, oh, it's nothing. And uh, <laughs> and I saw it, and I was like, oh, okay. Then I asked her why she chose the the original, like over the D or something. She said, oh, that one's easier. Ah, I see. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I would draw it too, over the top like that. It's very hard to draw the Enterprise, you know, on its, uh, on any angle or anything like that. Over the top yeah. or on the side, those are the best, easiest ones mm-hmm. to draw. There's a really cool, if you look up, um, Star Trek talk, if you look up um, <laughs> uh, Enterprise patent, you get a really cool uh, hand drawing <clears throat> thing. I don't know if it's the, the actual one that was uh, issued for a patent, but you see it from straight on and profile top down it looks really cool you can order posters of it too i do want a poster of the enterprise mm, there's some there's some nice ones there's like the blueprints ones yeah. where like you kind of get the cutaway and you can see inside i was just watching a movie called uh el camino and uh did, oh, you, yeah. did you notice uh, the buddy's uh, enterprise or star trek shelf Oh, the shelf yeah. and the chairs. How badly do you want to cap? Oh, that's chair? right. That was that was a Kirk chair too. They, the they both had Kirk chairs with big yeah. gulps in them. <laughs> but he had this. He had the. It was a nice setup. He had the Enterprise there, and uh, there was mm-hmm. a Klingon battle cruiser, and he had all the old Star Trek VHS tapes on on the wall uh, on the shelf because I think the this movie takes place in like 2006 or something I think they're in or 2004 it's, yeah you gotta <clears throat> I got I always forget that about um, Better Call Saul too it's a period piece you yeah. know it takes place back in the early 2000s so uh, a lot of the technology and references yeah I didn't I didn't finish El Camino I, I still got about a half an hour left to go uh, but that's okay. what I was doing right before we jumped on to record but Man, hey, was... maybe we should include Duke in the conversation. Duke, have you seen El Camino? <laughs> have you watched Breaking Bad? He hasn't watched it yet. I imagine no, not. No, no. You're missing out, man. It's good stuff. Yeah, are, are, that's what are, you, are you one of those, uh, like, you don't want to watch it? Or you just no, have no interest? No. Um, I have a slight interest. I, I, I have an interest in anything that's quality, that, that is, you know, the subject matter certainly doesn't, I'm not drawn to particularly, but um, doesn't mean I wouldn't enjoy it or wouldn't like it. I think the subject matter is off-putting for a yeah. lot of people. It's, I, I think the Im- I had the same image in my head. It's like, oh, this is going to be just like a sleazy look at you know people in the drug world kind of thing. But like when you take that away from it, it's, it's. I'm not trying to sell you on the show, but um, sure. it's just a guy who is doing his best to provide for his family, and he makes right. some poor decisions and then he has to try to deal with those decisions sure. so it, it's really a show about the characters and the people more than the you know details well it's Although, telling that i nobody's ever said anything bad about it that has watched it everybody mm-hmm. praises it so i'm fairly certain it's a good a good show yeah um, i just my tv time is very limited and my wife would not watch something like that so it's just um i might delve into it one day you never know but uh, I've never seen any of it, no. Mm. Well, there's Star Trek in it, if that helps. There is, yeah. There's a <laughs> Star Trek shelf. You just got to sit through uh, five seasons of a TV show and then uh, some Breaking Bad or some Better Call Saul and then watch the El Camino movie and you'll finally see the Star Trek shelf. It's worth it. Oh. Totally worth it. Okay. 
<laughs> well, I do really. If you could stomach the witch, I think you could stomach uh, Breaking Bad. <laughs> that you know, that's that's a, an interesting point because, dude, you're you're kind of churchy, right? You go to church. Churchy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so how how does something like the witch? Do we want do we uh, want to get pass approval? Wait, do we want to get into it right now, or do we want to wait until I, later? Because all right, I'm not sure if we can talk about this movie without talking about spoilers because i have i have many many questions yeah. for duke and okay. they're spoiler related so i think we should do the show and then do, this is what happens when we just record and start this like there's <laughs> we gotta do all the preamble in the show uh i think well, we, we, should, we still have we still have this facade of doing a show i know right talking. this is like a, a, a <laughs> but just so we don't like so people We've invited to, our entire audience on today <laughs> <laughs> that's right so we better not offend our audience today. <laughs> um, yeah, let's do it at the end so we can get all spoilery. So we could do like a wrap up and everything, and then we'll do like a little spoiler thing at the end, so people don't have to skip through and look at timestamps and all that, just in case anyone wants to watch okay. The Witch. But we're going to talk about the movie The Witch. That's why Duke's on today. Actually, he just hit us up. He said, "Hey, you guys, uh, I want the, you guys to watch The Witch. I want to to know what you guys think." And we said, "Well." Why don't we watch it and then you come on and we can all talk about it together? It's that simple, that easy. Or that. Uh, yeah, I figured if you, even if you guys didn't like it, it's certainly got a lot to discuss. Right? We do have a lot to discuss for sure, yeah. and um, <laughs> that's how like uh, bankrupt both Richard and I are for content ideas. We just let <laughs> people come on and, and supply the content for us. Um, but yeah, I did watch. So yeah. That was it for El Camino. I still got to finish it, but it's great. It's fantastic, man. Like this, the the shots in that show are so beautiful. There's this one shot. So Jesse Pinkman, it's the movie's about Jesse Pinkman, and he's in this uh, uh, apartment. I'm I'm not going to spoil anything. I just I I need to tickle your ass with a feather. He's in this apartment and he's uh, looking for something. And they do like this time lapse thing where like he's like looking through the whole place, and then they do this one shot, and it's only up for like maybe three seconds, and it must have taken them all day to do this one shot. Where uh, it actually goes into this. If you ever played um, Hot, Hotline Miami, it goes into this over-the-top shot where you can see the entire apartment like it's a floor plan. And there's little Jesse Pinkmans in every single one of those rooms, you know, searching around for something. And it's, it's up for like three to five seconds. And, the, the, you know, just the amount of time and effort they put into that show just to give you some good visuals in there while having some good characters now. It's just... So entertaining, so good to look that, at. That did get me in, um, and I think it was an episode of Better Call Saul where Mike was dismantling a car in a junkyard, and they did something similar. Yeah. It was an over-the-top shot, and he's he's breaking down the car, like you know, he's removing doors, ripping that. apart the seats, taking everything out, and you know, again, the, the shot is simple: put the camera up there and just let it roll, and then edit it all together. But the actor must have been out there all, all day, day yeah. just, just lugging things around. Well, they had to have him in every single one of those rooms to do right. it. First, get the shot. Put the camera up there somehow. You know, I, I, I know like cameras are small now, so they don't need to put a whole rig up there or anything. But they got to do that. They got to get the actor, every room lit well, correctly. Get the actor in every single one of those rooms. I'm pretty sure it was all done on a soundstage. There's just no way you could have done this in a real apartment. And then uh, have them, uh, you know, the actor act in all those. And then splice it all together afterwards in editing. Yep. It was incredible. 
even uh, there's there's one shot it's just simple simple thing that's happening in the show jesse uh the cops are coming down the road jesse's like driving down the road and the cops are coming he drives off to the side of the road he hides in the car a bunch of cop cars pass by on the road and just the number of shots that they go through to convey that and it's not annoying it's not like fast cuts or anything like that it's just done in a way to give you a scope and and the scope and scale of the amount of trouble that jesse pinkman's in because it's like every cop on the beat is like in a car driving towards us and they have the uh, assault vehicles and the SWAT team vans and everything driving down the the street. And it's like, wow, this guy's in like, and it's, you know, fairly early on in the show, uh, just to give you that, uh, that uh, feeling of, of what just how, how much trouble he's in and how desperate he is to hide and get out of the situation. Sounds, uh, sounds similar to the helicopter scene in Goodfellas. Um, where the helicopters, he's being all paranoid, and every time he looks up, there's a helicopter. Yeah, yeah. The, the tension building in that in that scene, or the, there's multiple scenes in that movie, are, are brilliant. It sounds like you're describing something similar. Yeah, it's it's um, a lot more subtle in Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in that, like that was done. It, Scorsese did that in a way to get you like going, kind of thing. You know, like that yeah. was like we're gonna go like just to to get into the character's head of how. Uh, uh, friend, frenzic he was, you know, like he was just in a frenzy, right? Paranoid. And Paranoid, now, yeah. that's it, yeah. So, <clears throat> it was good times. Good show. I'm really enjoying it. Those guys can do anything, man. Mm. I mean, it was just, uh, like when Breaking Bad ended, it was like, hey, that's it, mm. it ended. I don't need any more Jesse Pinkman. I don't need any more stories by him. You know, I, I the character's done and over. And here I am, I'm just, I'm an hour and 30 minutes in and I can't wait to go back and watch the last 30. Good times. Yeah, it's a nice epilogue to that yeah. series. Yeah, I hope it continues for some bizarre reason. That's well, more now. I I don't want to bore Duke too long, but I do have my thoughts on why the show worked way better as a TV show than it does as like a a one-off movie. Uh, there there are certain things about it um, that, of course, it's building off of the show, so it really is just like an extension of that. But um, I don't know. I just feel like. It was really good. I enjoyed watching it, but it's and also it's because it's the tail end. It is an epilogue. There's not a lot of um, intricacies going on like yeah. in the show where you know things were layered and everything. It's it's right at the end. So um, I think it it just pays to watch this like as this is the last episode of the show. So are, you just kind of watch it all together. There are parts of the movie though that would have worked if it was spliced into the show. You know, the stuff where he's going back with doing the stuff with Todd and all that. Mm-hmm. By the way, the actor Todd, he put on quite a bit of weight between the... A few of them did. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> they, did you notice the first time they shoot him, they're obscuring his face through the grate? So, yes. you, like, you kind of slowly get accustomed to the fact yeah. that he's 50 pounds heavier. Oh, wow. I'm 50. I think it's a little more than that, man. Todd got fat, man. <laughs> Uh, skinny I did, Pete was still skinny. Skinny Pete stayed skinny. I did like it, though. There was that one shot, too, where uh, he's wearing, Todd is wearing these really baggy pants, and they're really hanging down on him. And I'm like, was that because he, he, uh, you know, gained so much weight that they did that? Like, there's even one shot where he's backing up when Jesse's putting that uh, cover on the back of the El Camino. And, like, he's got, like, it's really hanging down on him. Like, what, why did they do that? That seems so weird. And then you find out. Like just a couple scenes later, what happened to his belt? Ah, uh, right. Yeah, nice yeah. mm-hmm. little touches in that show. Mm-hmm. All right, enough about El Camino. 
Go watch it. It's on Netflix. If you're a fan of Breaking Bad, check it out. Like, we need to tell you that if you're a fan of Breaking Bad. Oh, you're the last person to see it, probably. Probably, yeah. <laughs> well, it was because my mom was here for the past week, and we couldn't just, like, okay, Mom, uh, we're going to watch this movie for an hour and a half, so just, you know, go entertain yourself. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What else do we want to talk about? Hey, did you see Techno um, Dork's poll on uh, on Twitter? This uh, completely scientific and very accurate Twitter poll? I put a link in there no. for you. Uh, on the, in our uh, outline. Hang on. Uh, outline, outline. Twitter poll. Yeah. So we were having a discussion. P- Twitter P-O-L-E poll. <laughs> Is that what I put? <laughs> uh, it's close enough. There. Oh. <laughs> there. Okay, on episode 127 of Fandango, the great debate continues. Plus, Josh and Josh owe Josh a lot of dough. Um, okay, so what are your choices S- on the poll? Okay, choices here. STC is copying Fandango. Fandango are the copycats. They are both bonkers. Right. And uh, I believe, yeah, this is all, these are final results here. Final, yeah, poll is um, done. So STC is copying Fandango, 25%. Fandango are the copycats, 25%. (laughs) They are both bonkers, 50%. I think that's pretty accurate. Uh, 25% of the people who listen to us are are, uh, out there. Crazy. (laughs) 75% of the people are on board. They're all good. Good with me. Mm. Because we are both bonkers, Uh, for sure. All right, fair enough. I forgot to mention, too, I wanted to uh, reassure you, if you were afraid to reveal your age, um, I know for a fact... Who, that, me? Yeah, every, I know for a fact that everybody on this call right now, everyone, is years younger, years younger than, uh, than Joe. Years. Oh, I believe that. Yeah. He tried, to tell, he tried to tell me that he was turning 40 this year. And then uh, when we were at the uh, border, at the uh, Canadian border, going back, into, going back into Canada from the U.S., I was sitting in the middle seat, and so Joe had to pass up his uh, passport to me so I could put it, so I can <laughs> hand it up towards the front. And, you know, you, you open it up to your, to your information and your picture there for the, the security officer, right? So he can, you know, read all your information. And as I was handing it up, I, I just happened to see the date, just so he, Joe's never revealed his age. He doesn't talk about his age. Nope, nope. <clears throat> well, I mean, he was trying to pass himself off as forty. Okay. Yeah. So, so what? Uh, what's the important number? Is it a six or a seven? I, I'm not at liberty to say. Um, <laughs> all I could just say is just reassure everybody, everybody on this call that they are much, much younger. Much it's a six, I, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's up there. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I have no uh, hesitation about my age. I don't feel old. No, me I, neither. I think that's it, it, it's it's something that like when you're a kid, like you get this image in your head of oh, thirty is old, forty is old, yeah. fifty is old. But when you actually reach there, you're like. Eh. I don't feel all that different than I, I did when I was 20. I go to bed a little earlier. 
that's about it. I go to bed a lot yeah, there's earlier. Some physical, there's some physical things that uh, you can't, you know, push aside that are too noticeable. But Well, I don't try that, to yeah. run. <laughs> I can't chase my kids too much longer. And, you know, but aside from that. Yeah. I'm at that age fun. where I'm scared to fall at this point. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, I fell like slightly the other day and it hurt. Like, like I was like, wow, that hurt. Why did that hurt so bad? I just fell. <laughs> but like, you know, that kind of stuff. And yeah, you know, there's other, other issues. But yeah, I don't, I'm not. Uh, I think I had like a, a midlife. I don't know, not a midlife crisis thing, but an age-related emotional event back in my 30s. I think. Like I, I kind of, it kind of hit me that I was getting older. And did you uh, buy a Trans Am, dude? Days, <laughs> no, no. no, I didn't buy a convertible or a Trans Am. Uh. I just got a little grumpy, is all. But uh, <laughs> no, I, once I got past that little, hey, I'm actually not in my 20s anymore, and I'm, I picked up some weight, and I got to watch what I eat now, and all this other stuff. It kind of hit me, but once you get past that little bump, yeah, it's. I, I'll trade this. I'd rather have the knowledge and wisdom that I have than the younger body. Put it that way. Oh, the patience for sure, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think back to how I used to think and how I used to act, um, even in my young, younger adult years. And I'm glad I'm older and wiser. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I mean, that's why when I see all these, like when they're going back on people's Twitter accounts, you know, five, mm-hmm. even just yeah. five, six years ago, but stuff they did 20 years ago, yep. all that, man, I'm just so glad none of that stuff was around because yeah. I'm pretty sure I did some embarrassing, stupid shit 20 years ago. And uh, for example, this isn't the first time you've listen, mentioned this. Nothing racist, okay? <laughs> I've always been, you know, I don't know. People might have, like, there might be some photos of me reading a Bible or something like that, you know, some stuff that I'd be a little embarrassed now. Oh, jeez. <laughs> you know, is that scandalous stuff? Hmm. You still hitting the gym? Uh, well, I, I, hit it when i go b- drive by <laughs> every day on my way home from, like hey there that is the the it, problem right now is my uh schedule has changed oh, from the evenings yeah. to the day shift yeah. and right. oh yeah it's just so nice it's been so nice out every time i'm like okay i'm gonna go to the gym today it's like man it's really nice so i just end up going for uh, a walk because i want to go see the, the the leaves change color and all that and then uh people want deals at work where they want to come in late or whatever so i skip my lunch and i leave work early and all that stuff so i haven't been there as much as i'd like to but uh, i am still trying to keep active why don't you um swap out some space in your room there take away some of the old you know mm-hmm. collecting shelves move yeah. those big box games aside and put a set of dumbbells in there well i got my weights. little uh, exercise bike I got I got my weights right here. I could I could reps do some reps here while we uh, do All right. some podcasts. Yeah. While we're talking, go ahead. All right. No, I'm not gonna <laughs> do that. <laughs> Are you crazy? <laughs> I do have my weights right here though. I'm not lying. Trying to help you out. Yeah. Oh, these are so heavy. Oh man. See these are <laughs> manly weights. Very very manly. Yeah. Look at that. That's, That's a good looking weight. Yeah. How much how much does that weigh? Uh well the number on it says fifteen, but if Anyone asks, it's 25. (laughs) Yeah. So I got my weights. So I got that. And I got my treadmill downstairs. It's broken. Mm. I should fix that one day. I can't do gyms. Or machinery. 
I, I don't you want to. You. I don't like it, but I mean, what what else is there to stay fit and active? Well, I gotta... I, I'm a big outdoorsy guy. I, I'd rather ride my bike or, you know, something like that. I like being mm. outside when it comes to... And my work's very active, so I don't typically have to uh, uh, worry about exercising too much. But when I do, I like to be usually on my bike. Yeah. Mm. So Just naturally fit. I uh, try, yeah. Mm. <laughs> I can't. I cannot go to a gym. I just can't do it. I uh, try to like go out and do outdoor stuff, but I mean, the last hike I tried to go on, I got eaten alive by mosquitoes. Mm. Uh, yeah. So I skipped that. I said, "Well, I'll do it in the fall," and haven't been out yet. Uh, <clears throat> I do. I do like going outside, but I don't. It's just gym. The gym is convenient in there. Sure. Stupid, you know, commute and all that stuff. And, uh, yeah. I, I wish like I could bike gym. to work and all that. And but and I got a, mm-hmm. a job where I'm just sitting inside all day, in a dark yeah. room watching television. I should bring your weights there. We do have some <laughs> weights there, but they're only ten pound weights, so I don't want to bother with that. Sissy weights. Yeah. But I'll do some body weight stuff. Just do some push ups. Do some crunches. Yeah. Yeah. Wait nah. for the wait for the trash guy to come in. We do have a uh, a workout thing at gym at gym at uh, work too. A little gym at work. That's what we got. I haven't oh. I haven't visited it yet. They just luxury. Yeah, they just started it this month. They started that. They started this wellness room where you uh, where you're supposed to just go and relax. But I'm relaxed in my room oh, yeah, like, instead of working. Yeah, you know, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm, out. I'm nice and relaxed in my room. I'm watching Q Dog videos and that, having a good time. It's, I don't need to go down there. It's all good. All right. Sure. Yeah. All right. What else do we want to talk about? Did the, um, did the poll? Did the 40? You've been watching Tubi? Oh, yeah. Um, I mentioned that Tubi TV thing. Uh, and I, I was digging around. There are some. Decent things in there. Uh, there's a couple of things I'd recommend. Uh, I, first up, I gave up on that angry video game nerd movie. Couldn't finish it. It's so bad. Yeah. I, I can't believe it. It's like, you know, it, James Rolfe, throughout his entire internet career, has constantly gone on about like movies and appreciation of cinema and, you know, how he really wants to make movies. He made all these like college films and everything. And then he finally gets this one in a million shot where he gets all this crowdfunding and he gets the ability to make a film. And I understand he'd have to make it, you know, a video game nerd thing because that's his bread and butter. But, you know, to have all those resources just fall into place and the ability to to make it and then just do so little with it (laughs) and just have it be like silly corny cliche jokes and uh just kind of wasted potential i can't believe it he worked on it for a long time too he took like a full year off yeah but i mean the content is just it's Mm. it's not there i mean his there's a big difference between a film and and an internet video but i don't know it's like he really should have just focused on making a film have you seen it duke yeah yeah, I um, I, I I agree with Richard. Um, I did, however, I only saw it once, and I saw it at um, Magfest with a crowd. So I had a really mm-hmm. fun time watching it. The crowd was laughing and cheering, and you know, it was just I was in a good mood. 
it was just a really fun experience. But yes, I recognized that it was, um, you know, not a great movie for sure. But yeah, I did. I did it, uh, the one time that I did watch it, I had a good time. Hmm. And I, I'm a fan of his. I, I like his stuff. I think he's uh, he's a pretty good uh, YouTuber. Well, his uh, his early videos, like they don't get old. I, I could go watch yeah. those, like Karate Kid and and Ninja Turtle ones, like over and over again. I think my favorite um, one was the Glitch Gremlin one. I love that one. <laughs> that's a classic. Yeah, I've kind of fallen out on that, and just like gaming videos in general, outside of like Cartridge Club members, I I don't sit down and watch like uh, video game related content so much anymore. I was just noticing like my YouTube feed looks nothing like it did five years ago uh, if i go on there now it, you know it'd be movie stuff uh woodworking model kits like like 40 yeah. year old dude stuff you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know so I, don't know, I can't watch that movie but there were a couple of uh documentaries i found on there oh uh one was called rewind this which is all about uh vhs uh, mm. Like the the rise of VHS and home video and all that, uh, which was kind of interesting. Uh, they talk all about how you know Beta and VHS were coming up, and they interview a bunch of VHS enthusiasts uh, who collect VHS, and mostly it's a bunch of weirdos that are trying to convince <laughs> themselves that you know all these uh, made for VHS movies that have never been released anywhere else are some sort of hidden gold but they're just garbage mm. <laughs> um but it, it was kind of interesting to watch through and it, it it does draw parallels between how you know the days of vhs the early days where you could just put anything on vhs and send it out there it was kind of like uh youtube like early youtube where you can just get your stuff seen by people mm. and you could just release whatever content you wanted so that was kind of interesting other Parts of it are, you know, you, you feel like maybe I should turn this off, but other parts are interesting. There's this other documentary called Double Dare. Uh, it's about two stunt women and just their careers as stunt women. Uh, one of them was, um, uh, her name was Jeannie Epper. She was the double uh, on the old Wonder Woman uh, TV hmm. show. Okay. With Linda Carter. Uh, and the other one, Zoe Bell. Uh, she doubled for Xena on, on the Xena show. And it's kind of an older documentary, like early 2000s. And it's just about them and the industry and, you know, kind of stunt women becoming, um, you know, getting a little more credibility. Uh, because in the olden days, it was like just dudes wearing wigs. Uh, but then right. stunt women coming up and how they kind of have it harder um, because typically in those kind of uh, TVs and movies, the female characters don't wear a lot of clothing. They're usually revealed, so they can't wear a lot of padding when mm. they do all these stunts. And it's really just about them trying to make it in the industry and, and trying to get uh, a little more recognition. It's it pretty fun. Uh, the other one uh, I wrote on here, Intruder. If anyone is joining us for the Evil Dead uh, uh, film Dango, which I believe is coming up next week. Yeah, we got to get that order next. We got we Yeah. Um, I found this movie on there called The Intruder, which uh, is not by Sam Raimi, but Sam Raimi is in it. Uh, also, Bruce Campbell and Ted Raimi are all in it. So a lot of uh, similar cast and crew to the Evil Dead uh, productions. Um, it was one of their buddies, Scott Spiegel. Spiegel? Okay. You kind of hear his name come up. Yeah. I think he co-wrote uh, Evil Dead 2. 
but he was the the writer director for this one so it's you know a lot of the same people working on this other slasher movie and it's it, you know it's it's a cheesy you know b slasher movie but pretty fun um pretty fun and a lot of interesting camera work which if you watch the evil dead movies there's yeah. a lot of interesting camera work so um if if you got room on your plate for one more you might want to check out the intruder okay yeah, i'm looking cool. forward to checking out the evil dead i i um i never saw those i have no nostalgia for them because i never saw them when i was a teenager or a kid um and i tried watching the first one a couple years ago and i just i didn't get it i, I didn't i didn't think it was that great i don't even know if i finished it but i, I didn't i didn't get the i guess the love for it but i, I guess uh, i'm like i'm looking forward to giving it another up uh, chance uh, yeah, the the first one is a, prepare for the show. is a bit of a rough watch. It is um, it is a guerrilla film. You know, they just did it on a shoestring yeah. budget kind of thing mm-hmm. and put it together. Evil Dead Two is kind of the reboot or remake of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the exact same story, but just they had the the wherewithal to make a better film, and that's generally considered the best one. And then oh, uh, I didn't know that. So it's a it's a remake. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Okay. Why they called it Evil Dead Two, I'm I've never been clear on. Maybe I'll find out in the in the research. So it's not a, okay. So I don't have to, I don't have to watch the uh, the original one then. No, in fact, nah, you you can kind of skip that. Yeah. it's kind of oh, like okay. um, you know that um, I've never seen it, but that El Mar- El Mariachi and Desperado, like Robert Rodriguez, right. kind of remade the same movie. Yeah, just when he got more money. Right. Um, yeah, in fact, I I had not seen the original Where Evil Dead. Go? I don't know. It's just I think it's just a thumb now. We're talking oh, okay. to Duke's thumb. I was that my was... cat out? Sorry about that. Okay, that was that was like an Evil Dead shot where the blood dripped down. <laughs> on uh, yeah, I hadn't. I, I I saw the Evil. I saw Evil Dead two in college, and it wasn't until many many years later that I saw Evil the original Evil Dead. Um, when that, uh, okay. do you guys remember that Necronomicon? VHS tape that had come out. It was like the movie was like in a Necronomicon book, and if you touched it, it was, was all it the, rubbery. Was it the foamy book? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and the VHS was in there. I remember seeing those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was neat. I borrowed it from someone, so that was the first time I saw it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you got to save some of that for next week. Yeah, yeah. I shouldn't uh, shouldn't let let that <laughs> the cat out of the bag, if you will. Duke, what have you been up to? Have you been playing anything or watching anything or doing anything? Yeah. Um. Well, playing-wise, I've been playing through Castlevania 3 uh, for the club. Yeah. Um, I'm actually at Dracula for the oh, second yeah. time. Sorry, we forgot to mention character. all that stuff. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm just going to scroll up here. Um, th- here. Okay, go ahead. So I've been playing that. Uh, that's been really fun. Uh, you know, I love my NES. So that's that's uh, I always like when they do NES games for the club. Uh, we try to play along with those. And this is uh, such a fantastic game. Um, and I've been watching, actually, the Dark Crystal series on netflix have you guys okay. watched any of that no i was curious about it. i heard a lot of people talking about it but i know there's a lot of people that really love that original movie and i just watched it recently and i i'm like 50 50 on it oh, i've heard a lot of good yeah. things about the show though it's it's really good i'm only three episodes in but i'm uh, very much enjoying it it's it's amazing just the visuals um I've never seen anything like it. It's it's like the original one, but way amped up. And every you know, I think it's a blend. It's mostly practical, but there is some obviously uh, you know effects other than practical effects. 
but um it's just beautiful to watch just just visually alone it's it's worth the watch but yeah it's really engaging and the world building is um <clears throat> they've amped that up as well there's a lot more creatures a lot more lore and uh, i'm really really enjoying it it's good is that um like half hour <clears throat> episodes no they're close to an hour i think they're 40 to 50 minute episodes how I'm many sure. episodes i think there's 10 of them 10 i think 10 is it yeah. jim henson's uh production it's jim, yeah okay mm-hmm. yep yep and it's it's phenomenal i mean the the puppetry and the the effects and just the expressions they can get out of these out of these puppets and the body language is uh, way more than the movie was so it's really really well done yeah hmm. I, I'd say you might, you might have sold yeah, me on that. First, yeah, watch the first episode; it'll it'll blow you away. It's, it's yeah, I, I really appreciate the puppeteering. If they're doing a lot of prop, practical effects, oh just, yeah, just to see it, you know. Oh yeah, it's because it's, it's worth movie. watching the original movie just for that alone, just the the visuals. I mean, mm-hmm. yep, I agree. Yeah, it's a little but, it's a little cliche or a little weak in the story, but I, I do like that original movie a lot. Hmm. Does uh, the Jim Henson company do a lot these days? Because they they were really big in you know seventies, eighties, nineties. There was still a lot of stuff going on in film. You know, like like they did uh, Little Shop of Horrors and the Ninja Turtle costumes and stuff like that. But like like is Sesame Street and stuff still around? Sesame they... Street's still around. Oh. Actually, Sesame Street mm-hmm. just got a deal with one of the streaming services. Right? It's not going to be on PBS next year or something. Really? Yeah, I can't remember which one it's going to be on, but that they might actually get a bump in budget uh, th- because of that. Um, but yeah, Sesame Street's still around. They tried to reboot uh, Bring Back the Muppet Show a few times uh, within the last 10 years. It's never, it's never really worked, never really took off. Mm-hmm. And they do like those uh, move, like the rectored DVD movies, Muppet movies you see all the time. I see them in hmm. stores. They had, they had those two really successful um, Muppet movies, right? With that well, that's right, the from, new ones. Um, yeah. Yeah, those were really successful yeah. and very well received, I think. Uh, so, but that was still a couple years ago. That yeah. Since then, I haven't seen much of them around at all. Well, I imagine, um, of course, Jim Henson died a long time ago. I imagine Frank Oz doesn't do anything directly with the company anymore. Actually, there was a commercial. Didn't they just do a commercial with the Muppets? And it sounded like Frank Oz was doing, unless they got someone who really sounds like him. Because, you know, he did Fonzie and Miss Piggy and Grover. Yep. Fozzie. That's what I said. Fonzie. That's what I said. I said Fonzie. That's what I said. Hey. Hey. Uh, he did all those characters anyways. And they were all in that commercial. And uh, it sounded like him. It sounded like he was doing it. I don't know. He does Yoda still. As you can see from that last Star Wars movie. Yeah, when when there's some money involved, he'll show up. But, uh, <laughs> I don't think he does the day-to-day grind anymore. Uh, it's it's a whole new generation of uh, Muppeteers, I imagine. But I'm glad it's still around. Cause, well, uh, I think watching a, this new series, I mean, I can't imagine the efforts that went into getting these shots and setting all this stuff up. I mean, it's mind-blowing. I haven't watched any of the like the making of stuff yet. Cause I want to get through the whole series yet. Cause I saw a couple of those videos on YouTube. So I'm holding off on watching those, but I mean, it just looks fantastic. It's mes- it. I think somebody described it. I saw on one of the articles uh, reviews as it's like watching a, a magic show. And that's a good description. Good way to put it. It's just, mm-hmm. it's more than just visuals. It's, it's something because it's all puppetry and some of the shots they get, 
it's just really visually um, phenomenal. Hmm. So, I might yeah. check it out now. That, that, that's a good way yeah. to put it. Good stuff. And um, I've been in the horror. I've been kind of watching some horror films, obviously. You know, what I recommended to you. I watched, if you can believe it, one uh, a night or two ago that was even more disturbing than The Witch. <laughs> but also very, very well done. It was called uh, Hereditary. Have you guys heard of that? No. I have uh, heard I the name. It's, it's, it's kind of recent, isn't it? I believe so. Yeah, it was on... Um, I think Amazon Prime Video is where I watched it, I believe. Yeah, it's a couple years old, I think. Um, very, very well done, but very hard to watch and very disturbing. So I don't know if I'd recommend it. Um, but yeah, I watched that. And another one that I don't recommend was called um, The Ritual. And I did not like that one. Just I just kind of discovered it on Netflix or whatever. And it was trying to be all metaphorical and deep, and it just wasn't wasn't working out. So that's pretty much all I've watched recently. Oh, the ritual! I'll see that one here. Mm. Yeah, that's not good. It was trying really hard to be good, it just, it, but just wasn't. <laughs> I know. I in general, I'm not really a, a horror film person. I don't like getting scared. <laughs> I don't like watching movies and feeling scared. <laughs> I do. I mean, I, I'm not a big horror buff. I'm not, especially, you know, I think you guys know my favorite horror movie is like Alien and The Thing, John Carpenter's The Thing, The Shining, I like mm. a lot. Um, but I'm not I'm not a big horror buff by any means. But I do like movies, and that's why I recommended The Witch, um, that tweak a certain part of your, I guess, our human nature that's hard to kind of put a finger on. And, and I still wonder why people are drawn to certain things like that it's very the psychology behind it is very interesting mm -hmm. i think um but i'm not i'm not a big like gore I, I don't like like the slasher movies by you know like the michael myers i do like the original halloween because i like john carpenter a lot um but uh i'm not a big jason or freddy anything any that, that kind of stuff but the thing the thing is one of my favorite movies of all time i love that film oh that's uh well i i, I guess that's um there, there are some common threads there between what you picked out, like the thing, the witch, aliens. It's all like that tension and paranoia. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, like, yeah. Mm -hmm. What's going on? So uh, when yeah, it comes it to just like, hey, here comes uh, Maniac Man chopping people up. That's a completely different <laughs> yeah, genre of horror movie. Yeah, I don't like uh, horror movies about murder. That just doesn't sit with me well. Um, like human, like killers i just don't like that it doesn't appeal to me there's a certain um, thing in those slasher films where you're cheering for the killer instead of the people who are trying to survive yeah and that's like a line that yeah. alien never crosses for instance you're never cheering i mean most people i'm pretty sure there are some people who are cheering for the alien <laughs> it, it but wasn't the intention exactly would right, be right 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 yeah. yeah me and the boys were actually just having the same conversation a couple days ago we were talking about horror films and which ones that i like and why and all that it was a very interesting conversation but i it seems like i i, I love science fiction so most of the horror films that i like have like you know, aliens and monsters in them that's what i prefer i guess because it's more of a stretch from reality once you start getting too realistic um i start to get a little turned mm. off again especially when it comes to human murder mm. you know like slashers and stuff like that um that just turns me off um too much but once you include uh, supernatural elements, I'm all about it. 
So Exorcist is okay with you. I haven't seen that in a long time. I do like The Omen a lot. That's a good movie. See, The Exorcist ever... is my favorite. The, really good. the Exorcist is my favorite horror film. And I really? what I what I love about that movie so much is how the mom what's happening to Regan? She's getting she's possessed by some demon. And what's happening to her? The mom is a skeptic. She doesn't believe in any of this stuff. She, you know, she and she goes through all this scientific process to try to find out what's going on with her. And I am naturally a skeptic as well. So I kind of feel with her as she's going through this whole process. And the priest who's brought in to do the exorcism, he is a skeptic as well. And uh, this is basically their last resort to try to get rid of whatever it is that's happening to her. And that's really what sucks me into that movie. You know, like I, I feel for that, those characters and I get like, it, it gets me every single time. You're describing a similar feeling that I had for the witch. And I, we'll get into that, you know, when we get to it, but yeah, that's, that's the kind of thing that if you want to call it horror or whatever, that's the psychology that I and drawn to even though it's disturbing or it's off-putting or hard to watch there's something about that that i'm attracted to that i want to i want to explore i guess is the word so mm. that's where i think um horror films it's a very interesting topic you know, what uh entertains people and why is but when it comes to the genre it can be very interesting to discuss absolutely mm. Well, while you guys are watching all these modern TV shows on Netflix and, and Amazon Primes and Hulus and all that, <laughs> uh, I've been going old school and I've been buying these these discs called DVDs and been getting You these, don't buy DVDs. I got these DVD sets for some no, reason. No, you don't. You only don't, buy fancy Blu-rays. I don't know what's wrong. Well, see, a lot of these TV shows, these older TV shows, only came out on DVD. And... Uh, haven't come out on Blu-ray, except I did get I did get Knight Rider on Blu-ray uh, the other the other day. Uh, it was on sale, and I was like, you know what, I'm going for it. Even though that show is like cheesy as hell and probably not as good as I remember it, I'm going in. I'm getting all the the Knight Rider. And speaking of uh, incredibly cheesy shows that are probably not as good as I remember, I also got I can't I can't believe Richard hasn't noticed this yet. Maybe my I, I saw like, something just, back there. Did you see that? It's on the shelf here for you. I, I can't see the details. I don't know what that is. I'll bring it. Bring it to you. Check this out. Boom. Do you see that? Look at all that. That big that. Big Dukes of Hazard box set. So I ordered Boys. this. It went on. It was a, went on sale on Amazon, and I ordered it. And you know it came all wrapped up like an extra packaging on Amazon. Mm-hmm. I think to not offend anyone, like any of the people packaging it or anything, because it's got the, <laughs> you got the Confederate flag on there, right? Everywhere. Oh, so I think they, they wanted to uh, hide that up, <clears throat> which is unfortunate. It's an unfortunate uh, piece of history of the show. But, you know, at the time it was just seen as they were rebels, right? <coughs> and that was their, they were rebelling against the authority. When was that uh, set put out? This set, uh, it's it's a little more. I think twenty seventeen. Uh, because oh, so been, that's still fairly recent. Yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of surprised that they did put the uh, the Confederate stripes on there. Then, well, it's all the old packaging from from the original packaging. So, 
one of the things with the DVD box sets is that they used to be like, you know, these big things and you get like little books and everything in them. Now they just kind of cheap the out on them, right? And they're just bare bones. Like inside, all you get is like nothing. You just get yeah, just the DVD. Well, at least you got individual cases though. It's not that yeah. spindle. Yeah. See, that's so I also got Sanford and Son. Oh, nice. And $25 for the entire series. I said, well, dang it, I'm going to get that. But that's all on a spindle. It, it's mm. at least they put a piece of cardboard in there to keep them from bouncing around. But I was very disappointed <laughs> when I opened that up and I'm like, oh man, it's that, that's not the way to store I was, these. I was tempted to do the same thing with Married with Children uh, years back because I saw like the complete series and it was something ridiculous like twenty bucks and yeah. But it, yeah, it was like the spindle set. Yeah. That news radio. <laughs> there were a couple. I was like, yeah, I want to get that, but oh. I'm just going to have to take them out and put them in little sleeves or something. Yeah, that's what I'm going to end up having to do just so we can, you know, get to the bottom ones cuz moving them like that all the time is just going to be a pain. And I'm afraid mm. you're going to you're going to scratch them, you know. Yeah. Stupid. But I get a little nervous about some of those big box sets too because there are just so many discs like the the Twilight Zone one I have. I got to the middle and one of the discs it just isn't working properly mm. and it's not you know, like, what, what do you do at that point? You got one disc in a giant set that's uh, messed up. <clears throat> that happened to me with Final Fantasy VIII. I played through the first disc, and when I got to the second disc, it wasn't working properly. Mm. It wasn't oh, good times. That's the worst. Yeah, it wasn't a very good game anyways. Oh, don't, t- don't tell Musty I said that, though. Keep that to yourself. Gotcha. <laughs> Uh, but oh, yeah, hey, we watched, I, saw, I oh. saw John Wick three. If I could, if I could jump in there, I haven't seen two yet. Still watching. I haven't seen part two yet. Um. Well, here's my quick review. Okay. It's a John Wick movie. Excellent. <laughs> is it better? You've seen a couple of. Them. It, I liked it better than part two. Okay. Uh, but it still has. It's still starting to suffer from uh, franchise fatigue. It's just more of the same. And the whole thing with these John Wick movies is that they're supposed to take place like right after each other kind of so the the three movies kind of all take place within like a week or two i guess so oh, the catalyst really? yeah so well the second one follows the first one and this like by a week or so mm. and this third one is like right at the end of the second one so it's like it continues right from there so the catalyst from the first movie with the the dog and the car and all that, that's still the driving force for everything, but Mm. it feels so far removed that Mm. there was a balance in the first one. You had his, his normal human person side, and then it, it opens up into the John wick world. Right. So there was, there was some sort of a balance there and that's all gone in the the second one. It's just action all the time. Mm. It's just constant action. And this, secret society that is everywhere and it seems like everybody's part of this secret society mm. you're just constantly in that world and it just feels like why how how, do, how can this be this big you know he's hiding things in plain sight where anyone could find them and um you know it's like who's not involved in this world it's just everywhere but despite all its flaws and the story not making any sense the third movie had at least four really good action scenes that I was just like laughing through and having a, having a great time. Uh, there were a bunch of others that were kind of like mediocre, but some, some really good ones. So if you like John Wick, you'll like John Wick three. 
to a point, I guess. I only saw the first one, but I did I did like it. Yeah. It gets a little weaker, but if it, it's more of the same. That's it. Cool. Oh, and I, I went to I the theater to see that. You went to the theater? Went to the oh, my goodness. Went to the theater. Yeah. I think it's out on and video already here. On the disc. It just opened up here like a, like a month ago. <laughs> I swear I saw <laughs> it at Walmart yesterday. Yeah, but um, I, I the first time I've been to a movie theater probably in over a year, and when the movie ended and I got up, I felt so dizzy. I couldn't walk straight just from <laughs> the bombarding of, of lights and up sounds. You're, you're 40, no, I was like way in the back. That's, and that's a 40-year-old uh, getting up after a movie move right there. Total, total disorientation. It wasn't even a giant theater. It was like kind of a smaller theater. I don't know. Getting old. Yeah. Getting. Getting. You're getting. There, Someday you're... I will be getting to that old point. You're there, man. You're there, dude. Although I don't see much gray on you. You don't have any gray yet. I, I got a couple in here. There? The ones that haven't fallen out. Or... Oh, I'm going gray quick, man. My whole beard is basically gray now. Mm. Yeah. It's happening quick. Me too. My my beard is totally gray. My uh, hair on my head is still, as far as I can tell, still dark. The little I got I got there. a little more gray in my my beard than I do on my head, but I I keep it pretty short, so it's hard to tell. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Getting old. It's fun. Good times. Getting. Uh, getting. 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 I'm still right. getting old. Too. Uh, what do you say we wrap up the show and then we'll talk about the witch? Uh, let's just remind everyone uh, that the Quick Save Club is playing a seventh guest, so uh, join everyone uh, for that. It's I, I played uh, an hour of it, and it's uh, interesting. There's some puzzles. We'll talk more about it on the Quick Save Club. Uh, Cartridge Club is playing Castlevania Three, like Duke has mentioned. And Duke, you just beat that game too, right? I beat it, and I'm at Dracula with another character getting ready to beat it again. Oh, okay, so two endings. I hear getting yeah. all the endings is very grindy. I've never done that That's before. That's what uh, ba- base guy just beat it with all the characters. Yeah, you got four different endings. Yeah, four. Yeah, that's that's four. impressive. That's impressive. Yeah, That's a lot of endings. Uh, CC Portable, mm-hmm. man. If you haven't started it yet, you got about well, by the time this is posted, you got less than ten days. You probably got about seven or eight days to play nine 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 hours nine persons nine doors. I think there's nine endings to that game, so you better get on it if you haven't started already. And RF Gen is playing Bloodstained, Curse of the Moon, and you could probably play that uh, about 25 times before the end of the month because that is one <laughs> super short game. But it's good times. It's fun. That's a Castlevania-like game, too. Have you played Bloodstained uh, yet? The uh, Any of them, uh, Duke? Yes. Okay. The and first one that I got on the 3DS. Okay, yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, yep. it's good times. Good game. Nice throwbacks. All right, let's do the wrap-up, Richard. Go for it. I'll sit back. Oh, me? Yeah. Okay. Film Dango, probably coming next week. Uh, We're doing the Evil Dead movies, 1, 2, and Army of Darkness. Uh, November, we're doing Snowpiercer, Children of Men, Idiocracy. In December, movies with a Josh. (laughs) I heard tell that uh, one of the Joshes came forward. It was the creep. Clutchy, 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 Josh. clutchy. <laughs> How about we just like frigate whoever can just be like a normal name, Josh, and not make up different names every month? That's the Josh that we're going to invite on. Uh, no, no, we got to have, have a creepy Josh. Josh. Creepy Josh is overlord. 
Blue Ruin and Green Room. Yes. I don't know what any of these are. Green Room, I can vouch for. Green Room is good times. It was a really good movie, and it was on Netflix for me. I don't know if it's on Netflix for you. No, I looked up all these. None of them are none there. None of them? Okay, I'll, I'll find ways to get them to you. Um, and if you. anyone wants to join in and, and wants to see the movies, just let me know, and I'll send you a link uh, to them. If i got to supply them for Richard, you know, just go into... I'll, I'll, I'll let you in the back door. To get to these movies. And I know Green Room is an excellent movie, and Josh speaks highly of the other two. So it should be a good good film dangle. Oh, and Josh has requested that we do it uh, with all the spoilers in it. He wants people okay. to watch them and to... He says the only way to talk about these movies is to talk about spoilers. So they will not be... That episode will not be spoiler-free. Gotcha. All right, so I got plenty of warning. Mm. Has Josh ever let us down with no, a film recommendation? Not yet. That's why mm. we're giving him the full film dangle month. <laughs> gotcha. Full film dangle treatment. Nice. Uh, go ahead and follow us on Twitter, Duke. Um, Cartridge Club's longest running pure blood podcast with its original hosts and the only podcast with a. Oh, come on. Boner. I mean, come there on, I thought we are doing it live. <laughs> it was... You don't need a boner machine, we got an actual boner. Wait, I wanted to say... Like, a baby. Was that real or was that live? Can you tell people? You tell me. Mandango boner. Was that real or was that live? Is it tape or is it Memorex? <laughs> Maybe I'll be your boner. Mandango boner. 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 I think that was Duke. Yeah, that one was actually Duke. Boner. <laughs> you bite, you bite, you bite, you bite, you bite, you bite a baby. <laughs> Crazy guy. I'm blushing. Oh my gosh. Good. Uh, Wait, that's it. You're the face that's of Fandango. <laughs> Our mascot. Uh, forums at Cartridge Club Fandango. or go to Twitter. Uh, Duke, have you been on the forums lately? Is anything happening at the Fandango forums? I can't get on there. I was on. I was on there. I wrote on there last week. The last week. Oh, the last sorry. Show, the last show. <laughs> okay. I haven't read it. Sorry, dude. I started the thread. I didn't know how to do it, but I figured it. I think I did anyway. Nobody had started the thread yet, so I did. Nice. Well, thank you. One day I will figure it out. I'll figure out why I can't get on there. <laughs> I'm gonna have to. I think I gotta clear my cookies. I think if I clear my cookies, I'll be able to get on there. <clears throat> yeah, that's my that's my tactical expertise. Clear my cookies. <laughs> All right. Oh, that's it. We're done. All right. Yep. Goodbye. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks. Thanks, Duke. Yeah, thanks for coming. Duke, hey, Duke, oh, do you want go, to plug? Go follow follow oh. Duke on Twitter. Oh, sure. Uh, yeah, follow me on Twitter. Duke. 0619. 0619. That's right. And go watch uh, Stuck in the 80s. Yes. On uh, YouTube. With uh, VO uh, Extraordinaire uh, Rambox doing the voiceover. Oh, yeah. For the I'm intro. always amazed that he, he still keeps that. Yeah, I know. I, I keep thinking I'm going to tune in. I'm going to be replaced. At least cut that's down. draws everyone in. That's the, <laughs> that's, that's the hook, is that voice. Uh, yeah, but I thought you'd like, you'd we'll be cast it. You know, we get a professional. <laughs> Do you have a, a new Stuck in the 80s uh, in the works? Something cooking? Um, Not in the works. I am, I'm due. I think it's been... Three or four weeks since my last one, so I'm. I'm def- I usually do about one a month. So yeah, I'm, def- I'm definitely do. So, what I do? I don't some really know what I'm doing yet. Into one. What's that? You should have turned some of those horror movies into one. Some '80s uh, horror movies. Yeah. Do, do John Carpenter. Do that? Yeah, that's not bad. Do your John Carpenter. 
Yeah. I, I should do that. Yeah. Last year I did the whole '80s Halloween. That was fun. Remember when I ate the pop rocks and everything? Right. <laughs> that, was, that, was a fun, yeah. that was a fun episode. Yeah. But um, yeah, I haven't really put much thought into the next one to be honest. I've been so busy. So, yeah, it's coming though. It's still alive. Cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Nice. All right. That's it. Now we're gonna say goodbye and we're gonna talk about uh, the witch. So goodbye, everybody. Bye. Thanks, Sue. Bye. All right, and now we're back. It was just like that, the magic of editing. We're back, and we're going to talk about The Witch. Uh, so I watched it this afternoon. Richard, you watched this movie. This was both of our first time watching it. Richard, mm-hmm. this was your first time watching it. Duke, yep, saw it a few rec- days ago. Yeah, and Duke recommended it. And All I could say is, uh, Duke, what the hell did I just watch? <laughs> <laughs> what is going on my- with this movie? I was expecting that. Uh, okay, so this movie, I, I guess we should talk a little bit about what it is in case somebody like just doesn't care about spoilers. Uh, so this movie takes place in the 1600s, just as the pilgrims have come into uh, America. So this is like a pilgrim family, I guess. Old, yeah. like super old, pre-colonial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, so they're living in this uh, community. What did they call it? It was a commune or something like that they called it? I can't uh, remember. Like a, a plantation, I Plantation. Think, or, uh, That's what they said. Yeah. Uh, so the guy had like some sort of religious belief, and uh, the rest of the community didn't agree with it, so they kicked him off the plantation. Mm-hmm. So he had to go with his family yep. off it, and then it cuts to, like I don't know, a few seasons later. I think this was at the beginning of in the spring maybe, and then it cuts to the fall after they've built Well, there must have been some time because they yeah. got kicked off the plantation, but they had a whole house set up. Right. Like a, a whole farm. And so crops. It, some oh. time must have passed. Yeah. Yeah, oh, and they're trying to grow this nasty corn. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, they show the scene of them, you know, kneeling down and finding the spot, so to speak, and kind right. of like, this is it moment. And then, yes, they later cut to them working the actual the farm and, and the, you know, their little village that they set up there for their family. Mm-hmm. So yes, obviously sometimes it uh, has, has went by. <clears throat> and, uh, that was so, very little house on the prairie. It did feel like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so, cause uh, there was one point where she was talking about how, Oh, our old house used to have glass windows. I remember that from little house on the prairie, like mm-hmm. how she wanted uh, glass windows, but they couldn't afford them. Right. Um, so yeah, and it turns I don't know, it turns out the spot is like close to a witch in the woods. But they don't know that. Or they do know it. Or something. Well let's let's what well, did, did you guys um did you guys like the movie? Or are you still like trying to figure that out? <laughs> well, okay, so Well I think Kevin <laughs> Well okay, I'll just I'll I'll be honest with you. Sarah hated it. And so it's really hard for me to like when you're beside somebody who's who absolutely is hating the movie, it's really hard to mm. um, process yeah. everything. So I don't. I'm still trying sure. to process everything. There were things sure. that I did like about it, but then there were things that were just really. I didn't. I wasn't sure what the heck was going on. Um, and and okay. there's a lot of disturbing things in the movie too that it hits you right at the Very. top, uh, in, including a, a, a baby's in your innards being spread on this witch woman um mm. so yeah i i don't know 
I, I don't I'm I'm I need to sleep on it. I think. Sure. <laughs> yeah. How, how, um, just a quick aside. You were talking about how you don't like uh, human murder, but but one whether it's supernatural or not doesn't doesn't it end the same way? Um. Yeah. But that this is different. This wasn't. I I, I don't consider this like gratuitous. This this was a very uh, visceral and, and realistic, not, it's uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable. Oh, very. Yeah. That's, that's what I was talking about before. Um, uh, okay. Yeah. That's again, the psychology of why I am drawn to a movie like this and why I love this movie. I, I don't fully understand myself, but, um, there's some of it that I understand. So, you know, well, let me, let me start with, if you don't mind the, the technical side of why I like this movie. Um, okay. From the technical angle, I, I think that in in today's modern era of modern filmmaking, this was very refreshing for me. Um, number one, the, the very little or no use of CGI and special effects, um, the subtlety of the film, the way it was shot, the cinematography I thought was beautiful, the lighting was beautiful, um, the original score I thought was very uh, well put together for, for setting the tone and setting the, the tension. Uh, so there's a lot of technical things I liked about the movie that I thought were very, very well done. This is this guy's first movie. Yeah. He wrote and directed the whole thing. This is his debut film. There were some um, short films that he did work on where I think he got yeah. the funding to, to make this movie. And by the way, it was shot, and it was shot in Ontario. Ontario. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Fun fact. So just the details that they went into with, um, he studied, he apparently read, uh, read the Bible from cover to cover just, just for the film. He drew dialogue directly from like original source material, like um, diaries and journals from the time. Apparently this little village that he had built was so authentic down to like what type of wood they were using. Super, super detailed as far as the authenticity of, of the set piece and the dialect and the, and the, and all of that stuff was, he wanted it to be as realistic as possible. And I really appreciated all that. It was like watching a period piece, a family drama, more, you know, aside from it being a horror film, it was, it was a, a very well done family drama, I think. Um, so I liked, I liked all those technical um, parts of the film. Yeah. I but did, also, I did, you know, just quickly, interject he i he i did read a little bit about the director and this was like his passion project he has like i wouldn't say obsessed but like that's one of his things like he's really into is earlier early new england colonialism it's like one of his favorite subjects and all those old stories about witches and well he he grew up in new england that, that's right. like his hometown that's yeah. why he's well, very, I, very I, intimate to him i mean there's people that are really into that that occult stuff in from new jersey like the new jersey devil and all that like there there was a book that sarah subscribed to called uh weird new jersey and it was just all oh, yeah. like mm -hmm. weird stories from new jersey and it's and it's past you know so and i imagine new england has a, a similar you know folk, folklore kind of thing Oh, very much so. Uh, concerning the Salem witch trials and all that right. stuff, that have heavily in that in that area for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> so that's what he was drawing from his own personal, I guess, the folklore of his upbringing and his area. It's very wrapped up in in his. It's almost like a, I guess, like a um, tourist attraction. I guess where he lived um, to have all that witch stuff everywhere. So he grew up with that. So uh, I think that does lend to the quality of 
the storytelling and, and again, all the authenticity of the details and everything. So I, I did appreciate those aspects of the film, but, um, and obviously the, the performances I thought were very, very good. Um, especially the, the young girl, the main character, Thomason, I thought did an outstanding job for her age and for just, uh, I think it was her film debut as well, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so yeah, I just, just the performances and all those things I mentioned, I just uh, really appreciate it, especially uh, comparing it to modern, other modern horror films with the jump scares and all the goofy CGI effects and everything. It was refreshing to see a movie that didn't rely on that to uh, build, ten <clears throat> excuse me, build tension and to make a horror film with, without using those uh, other tools. So did you guys appreciate that at all? Uh, is that something that stood out to you or did you that not... Uh, appeal to you i did appreciate that a lot of what you just said are, are like the good parts for the movie of the movie for me um it, again yeah there's like no cg it's it's very traditionally shot uh very simple um it does rely more on psychology and you know awkward situations uncomfortable situations um, the human drama that's going on within the family, because uh, very early on in the film, there's uh, there's the father, the mother, um, the oldest daughter, Thomason. Then there's uh, the the son. I forget his name. Then there are uh, a set of twins. Caleb, I think. Caleb and um, yeah, the then twins there's are, the two twins. Uh, yeah. I can't remember their names either, but I think it's Nims Faith. and Brandon. That's what I kept thinking of. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, the twins, and then there's a little baby, like a like real little baby. And early on in the film, the the oldest daughter is kind of watching the baby uh, outside somewhere, and she's she's playing peekaboo. And you see the point of view from each character of like she's doing peekaboo, peekaboo. And I saw this coming a mile away. She pulls her hands aside. The baby's gone. And then it's like, what happened to the baby? Uh, baby is taken off into the woods by a witch. Uh, and then, um, uh, of course, uh, they can't find the baby. What's going on? And after they realize the kid's gone and they've kind of accepted the fact that the, the kid has been taken, the mother has uh, a lot of animosity towards the older daughter. Like, you let this happen. And there's a lot of anger there. And that becomes like this running theme throughout the rest of the film of this daughter is constantly feels like unwanted unappreciated unloved within the family and a lot of that uh conflict um is is you know just constantly building throughout the film and and makes everything more tense so things like that that aspect of the storytelling uh where there's there's actual uh relationship issues going on it's not just a, a movie with a bunch of uh teenagers getting picked off left and right you know it, it, there, there seems to be more of a, a core where you want this family to stay together but you see them falling apart and that becomes a little bit more interesting than you know all just you know here comes killer man and kind of chop people up right right so i, I really do like that kind of, of of storytelling in it um the things that uh, well i'll give you the the short answer here when i was watching this movie i didn't like it I was I was really just finding it hard to focus. The dialect was really rough for me. Uh, I mean, oh, I, I I, I'm not I'm not um, turned off by period pieces and authenticity and everything, but the 
didst thee come hither and and all of that it just got kind of old after a while so i actually See, had I... to turn on the subtitles to to follow along with what these people were saying i was very i was very tempted just to turn on it. subtitles i, I didn't yeah, i didn't it, go it that far me. but yeah yeah, that's it, interesting. That had the opposite effect. I was drawn to that. I really enjoyed that. I wanted to make movie. sure that I was understanding what was going on, and like I sure. like I could have done it without it, but it was just like okay, having that there, I know I'm <laughs> following the right story sure. here. The dialect did, so did make sense because it was very um, derivative from the Bible, and if you think about it, at that mm-hmm. period of time. If anyone did read a book at that time, the only book that they all had to share was the Bible. So that would all that stuff would be in their vernacular. Like that's how they would talk, right? Absolutely. If you think about it. So it did make sense, but it did make the movie it made what the characters were saying hard to follow. You had to really pay attention sometimes. Yeah. So it's, you know, when they're speaking normally, when they're in hushed voices or if they're speaking yeah. a little fast, then it's like, oh, did I get that right? You know, I'm not familiar with all these oldie time words. So, <laughs> uh, so um, all of that was cool. And as the movie went on and uh, things started to get more tense and, and there's more... Uh, paranoia and and um, animosity building between the characters. It did get a little more interesting for me. Um, by the end of the movie, I was really confused. Uh, probably where where Kevin might have some uh, um, issues as well. After the movie finished, and I was thinking about it, I kind of started to appreciate it a little bit more. But I keep thinking of how I would have preferred the film handle it. So Hmm. what I liked about the film was the ambiguity of, is this uh, actually a witch or is this paranoia and stress and hunger fueling everything? And by the end of the film, you get what I believe is a solid answer saying, no, 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 it's not this. It is definitely this. Right. And I think, to me, that was one of the uh, brilliant, I think, turn of events. Let me start with, I, I like the fact that right off the bat, they establish this is a witch. They show the witch yeah. mm-hmm. with the baby from nobody's perspective. Well, So that again, was interesting. Mm-hmm. Again, that that, was, that's what... what um, right there, I was still kind of debating, like, could this be interpreted as, as just... Um, a family being pushed to the edge. And I can see because at the beginning there, yeah, there's this witch, there's an old woman who takes a baby and she does remove the baby in a way that she's not seen or discovered, which seems very magical and like, you know, witch like because you don't see her running off, but you see her with the baby then in her little witch house uh, with a knife. And then you see her, smearing baby guts all over herself so there's nothing witch about there's nothing supernatural about that other than that she might be some crazy lady you know well so no no all she, the had, events- so she had uh, no because uh, I, I, I looked i'm sorry i did check she had no nipples which is like the, the witches don't have nipples Really? Yeah. Well, they, I didn't notice. I didn't. I, didn't, I wasn't looking at that. I, I I checked it out. I didn't know that. I I thought, yeah, witches don't have nipples, and I think that's why the uh, really? the crow the crow was uh, nibbling on that uh, nipple later on. The crow. There was a, wow. Yeah. Dang, I think, you oh, really? 
By the way, wow, was, you know your stuff. This is this is why I oh, this is the reason why I got the soundboard ready because anytime there's munching on nipples, you got to play. That's right. That's... And, and here's a fun fact: I'm not 100 percent sure, but I believe when when um, our our friend uh, Ryan was making that noise, he was talking about Game of Thrones, nom, 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 nom. and there was a scene in that in Game of Thrones where there was an older child that was sucking on a nipple. And I believe the, the, the nipple that he was sucking on was the same actress that played the mom uh, in this uh, movie. Really? So that, that nipple really? has been around. That nipple just oh. got older oh kids gosh. on it and crows, all sorts of craziness happening to that You nipple. did your nipple research. That's I, did. I did. I did. I take that very seriously. Um, also, the uh, dad in this movie is uh, Finchie from uh, the uh, British version of The Office. So it was hard for me to get past that as well. Because oh, Finchie is, is one of my favorite characters. He only comes in on a few episodes for a few scenes, but he's just like hilarious on that show. Hmm. So, fun fact. Okay, right. well, back so, to the wit. Yes. Yeah, I... Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> As the movie was going on, they established that the family's not doing well in their new location. Uh, they're trying to grow corn. It's not growing properly. They are running out of food, so they go into the woods to go hunting. You know, the father has to sell the, the mother's silver cup so that they can get, uh, I forget what he sold it for, a gun or whatever. But um, they go out trying to hunt, and they're not successful hunters, so... Uh, they talk about how they're going to have a day of fasting to dwell on events and everything. And I was really waiting for that element because it didn't come through strong enough for me that they were tired and hungry because they mentioned that they don't have any food, but you never see them dealing with like, I, you know, I'm so hungry, I can't move. Or, you know, the kids are still running around playing like nothing's going on. You need, you need that so shot I, of the dad tightening up his belt before he goes out. Yeah, you need yeah. that. And you need um, the kids to go, oh, I'm hungry. Can I have more? And like, oh, there is no more. And then, you know, so then when they start going crazy towards the end, then maybe by the end of the film, when the daughter, um, it, it's basically, okay, what happens? The, the first kid gets taken by the witch. The, the baby. The, old, the older son goes off into the woods on his own. He gets lost. That's and then he gets mm-hmm. attacked by a witch. Mm-hmm. And then he comes back all like, all screwed up, pasty and naked and whatever. Um, and then he has this crazy fit and dies. The twins immediately start spazzing out and they, they go into some weird state. They get locked into a, a, a barn by the dad. Cause he thinks they're all possessed. And then the next morning, like the dad gets murdered by a goat. <laughs> the mom starts attacking the daughter and then she uh, defends herself, kills the mom. So by then I, I really wanted it to be like, uh, you know, is this actual uh, witch shenanigans or is this just starvation and paranoia running to the extreme? And I I thought it was like kind of it could have been a clever, which is it? You know, it could be one or the other. 
But then at the end of the movie, it's kind of like, nope, well, I, they're witches. I, I didn't, yeah. I didn't, That's fall, what I, I didn't fall for, like, I didn't think they were going crazy or anything. I thought that everything that was happening to him was actually happening to him. Because the kid, like, spits yeah, up a, so a that's, rotten that's apple. Yeah, so that's what I wanted, though. You know, and. Yeah, because that's what I wanted. I wanted it to be that, ride that so line. Of, it could that because... be one or the other. But they made it clear, like, yeah, it is just supernatural I, stuff going on. I find that very interesting because that's what I didn't want. Because that, to me, that is cliche at this point. Is it really a witch? Is it really just them thinking it's a witch? I like that he right away was like, this is a witch. And it was less about them, are we going crazy? And more about the family dynamic with the paranoia and um is thomason a witch right yeah. why is all this stuff happening hmm. that was the tension not not the fact that they were hungry and going crazy because they they wanted i think the director wanted to firmly not do that and then they go from the abrupt okay the witch is taking this baby we see the witch with no other perspective so we know it's real and then the rest of the film it's all these subtle things happening we don't it is kind of like obscure but then, and that's why I like the ending. You don't get this like question, like the end of the like the Blair Witch Project. Like, what, what was that? You know, you're scratching your head. No, this was like a whoa, in your face moment that I thought was brilliant. That they ended it that way, and I, that's what I liked about the ending and, and really the film in general was they weren't afraid to say this is about a witch. Now, there's all kind of metaphors going on in this film. I think the, the main underlying metaphor for me was pride. And I, I like movies that deal with pride and how destructive it is. And the father's pride really was the monster in the movie. He destroyed mm. his own family. He refused to give them what they needed because he was firm in his convictions to a fault. And um, if you notice, like, he was constantly shown his masculinity, chopping the wood and everything, and then ultimately the wood falls on him as like a metaphor of his own masculinity. He piled pride, that wood think, way being... too high. You don't pile wood <laughs> that high. Come on. What's wrong with that guy? Jeez. But, I mean, and then you've got the metaphor of the Garden of Eden, them being shunned, and the apple thing. There's all kinds of things you could really dig into and, and, and try to figure out what the movie's really all about. But I like, on its surface, I like what they did because it goes against what you typically would see, like you were describing, Richard, that, that thing that you wanted. I think, for me, I've seen that too many times. I don't want to sit there and go, is it really a witch? Is it, is it really them? I've seen it too many times already. So that, I, I, I think it was yeah, brave if it's, in, that, in that regard. If it's done poorly and you ride that line and it's done poorly where you don't have a satisfactory ending of, like, is it this, is it that, I think it could have been done where she could have still been talking to black Philip, whatever. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you get the voice off screen and then she goes into the woods and she meets up with the witch lady. Like you could have it done where people who want to believe that it's the witch have a satisfying ending and uh, people who want to believe she's crazy before, have a satisfying before ending. We carry on, not, hold on before we carry on and people start thinking Richard is race, racist. Uh, black Philip is a goat. Okay, so just I just want to make that clear, oh, yeah. okay? In case anyone hadn't seen the film. I think anyone listening to this at that point. Uh, yes, yeah, so I think uh, it could have been done in a way where you could leave totally satisfied because in your head it was this, but another person seeing it thinking differently is totally satisfied because they saw it as this, kind of like uh, Total Recall with the uh, what happens to Arnold at the end. You know, you could be yeah, completely yeah, satisfied yeah. 
that's the gray zone I'm talking about. Like you could have it like that. But I I do agree with a lot of what you're saying. I think a lot of the um, uh, symbolism you just brought up about the piling the wood, that all makes sense and it sounds good. So I, I would watch this again and I'd probably see it like with a little different perspective. It's not, um, I, I wouldn't put it at the top of my uh, horror movie list, but I can appreciate it. I think there was a lot of thought put into it, and that is what helps carry uh, a movie a lot of times. Well, it's that's just, how I knew. Did they actually think it, about what they were doing? I watched this for the first time last year, and it was one of those movies where I think much like Kevin is feeling now, I watched it, and I was like, huh. And then like three days later, I'm still going, huh. So I, that's when I know a movie's when it sticks with me that long. Mm. I'm still thinking about it. Three, four days later, I'm like, and it slowly starts to kind of stick with me. Um, and then I watched it. I think I watched it again last year too, but I watched it for a third time uh, right before I recommended it to you. And I was like, man, I just love this movie. So it took a couple of viewings for me to uh, it kind of solidify that I that I really think it's a brilliant movie. But that first viewing though was it, it stuck with me, and I couldn't stop thinking about it. And I was like. Do I like it? I know it was disturbing, but I just kept thinking about it and thinking about it. And I loved, all, again, the dialect and all the technical stuff I liked, so I just wanted to watch it again. Um, and the more I watched it, the more I've seen it, the more I really, really appreciate the, what I would say is brilliant about this film on multiple different levels. The storytelling, the again, the technical side of how the movie was put together. Um, I just think, the, the again, the abrupt change of pace from current modern horror all that stuff I just love, and uh, I've really grown. Or I, I've come to like it more the more I see it. So I, yeah, I, I I'm a big fan, and I, I'm glad. I'm glad that we're discussing it because I, I, I didn't know if you guys were going to like it, but I, I thought at least they'll have questions or, or things to talk about because it's a very deep and interesting uh, movie. I think. Least, oh, yeah. it, you know. It's not empty of content, you know. There, there are plenty yeah. of uh, Hollywood movies where you can just see it and be like, "There's absolutely nothing to talk about other than that it was terrible." But at least, yeah, this uh, it is thought provoking. Did you? And I uh, like. Uh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was going to ask Kevin, what exactly did Sarah hate about this movie? Was I, it just everything? I think or everything. I think it's. Did, it's did she dis- give any like? I, well, it's a disturbing movie, and uh, I. Th- Especially on that first watch, like I, the, the th- weird thing about horror films is like they're either going to make you feel uh, really, you know, uh, you're going to really dig the the intenseness of it, you know, like that intensity, or sometimes they make you just feel uncomfortable. And I think this is one of those mm. movies where it just made her feel uncomfortable. And I think that's, I think you'd have to ask her, but I think that's what she didn't really like about it. There's probably a good chance that yeah. I mean, I felt uncomfortable. Um, she just said it was stupid. A, a <laughs> that was like her. But also, you know, I will say that um, because I grew up in a Christian household, there are probably things about this that um, are more meaningful to me. Um, being exposed to some of the extreme uh, Christian religious aspects uh, throughout my life, and also, um, I, I just, I'm a I study a lot of Christian theology, so I'm very familiar with this type of belief system, and it's very, very interesting to me. So I, I have probably a deeper, maybe appreciation on that level for the film, uh, given my background and my upbringing. So that that really kind of like um, 
I guess, just stuck with me, made it stick with me even more, I think. That's what I wanted to ask you about, like, way back when we started, is, because I'm, I'm thinking back to um, when Retro Rejects was around, and I remember one episode they were talking about He-Man, and NES Complex wasn't allowed to watch He-Man when he was a kid <laughs> because it had magic in it. And oh, wow. so that, that's, that's my, um, and I know a lot of, um, like, Christian families don't let their kids watch Harry Potter, so um, my curiosity is where, like, where does that level begin and end for you, where you have, you know, you're a Christian, you have your beliefs, but you watch a lot of these horror movies that deal with the occult and, and witches and, and Satanism and stuff. So, like, I'm curious. Everybody's balance is different. So it's a good it's a good question. Um, I did uh, deal with some of that. Uh, as a child, my, my mom got a little fanatical at one point with uh, her religion to a fault. Um, and looking back, I'm glad I went through that to, to kind of get to where I am now. But um, and maybe that's why there's a little bit of a rebellious nature in me when it comes to that kind of content, because I wasn't it was taboo as a child. Um, so, yes, uh, and that, maybe this movie movie in particular and and think like movies like The Omen and that have religious uh, elements to them, I tend to uh, be drawn to, especially I don't take this the wrong way when it's criticizing the religious, um, because of what I went through, what I've been through on on, on a minor level, nothing like this uh, in the film as, as far as extremism goes or or cultish type behavior, but. Um, just kind of getting through that and seeing the problems in, in organized religion, um, I, I kind of am interested in, interested in, I guess, on some level. Did you understand what, why the family was kicked out of the, uh, the plantation? They, like? they were, yeah, they were more, they were pure, uh, Puritans. Puritans? They, and I guess the whole plantation was pure, but they were, they were fanatical about their religion uh, to a, to a, like an extremist. So they were, I guess, 16th century Calvinists where, where their theology was very extreme and very rule and moral or oriented. They're moralists. So what it, it was all about the rules, all about the practices, all about to, to a fault. And it was extremism basically. But they never really got into like what exactly they did or, uh, yeah, it was kind of unclear. Well, it, it's just that they had a difference of opinion or yeah, ideology it was a little or whatever. Vague. But the dialogue in the beginning and some of the further dialogue that he was discussing with his family, making them say certain things and all, uh, lended to their beliefs, their ideology, or their their theology. And it, it was probably more more extreme. He was criticizing, I think, the plantation for not being religious enough. I see. And they were like, uh, yeah, you're, you, know, you're, you yeah. gotta go. Right. You're just, yeah, so... And that was that was his undoing, and his yeah. family's undoing. Like if we so, want to eat a steak on Friday helped. night, we're going to eat a steak on Friday <laughs> night. Just relax. <laughs> and, and some, you know, if we get metaphorical and deep and all, that was the the potential witch of the film was was his pride. That's what destroyed the family, and that's what really was like a self fulfilling prophecy for Thomason. You know, Thomason never fit in. If you notice in the beginning of the film, when the family turned around and left. She didn't leave. She and mm-hmm. you saw her breath. She was like panting, like I, I don't want to leave. And and she was like an out. She didn't fit in with the family. So right off the bat, she's like not a Puritan. She is 
a bit of a different uh, has has a different mindset, I guess, than her family. Now she still wanted to, you know, she loved her family. There was never any kind of animosity or, or hatred or cruelty towards each other. It was all just confusion and paranoia. So it, it was that's what made it so touch not touching, but hard to watch. Was you know this family loved each other, but they were being torn apart, and there's just so many different interesting things like that that I just found uh, appealing. But yeah, it, it it's uh, because of my background and my interest in the Christian faith, it maybe made this movie more impactful to me that, than to maybe you guys. And maybe that's mm. part of why I really enjoyed it more, at least on some level. I thought that was the 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 crux of the movie for me was the the most difficult part was watching the the mother daughter relationship fall apart like more than the 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 witch and all that it was just yeah. um how the the daughter was still trying to please her mother you know they they would argue but then i think there was yeah. at one point when something something bad happened but she offered to go out in the rain to like tie up the goats or, or something like that didn't milk it and her, they, her mom's like i think she had to milk it something something hey, like yeah, that whatever. it's like she's yeah. like no, no, it's okay. I'll do it in the morning or whatever. And she's like, no, I'll do it to make you happy. And, you know, she's still trying. Yeah, but then, right. you know, anytime something bad happens, the mom just, like, starts railing on her. And just, you know. Well, the, the mom was convinced that it wasn't sure if she was a witch, too. Which, okay, so there, yeah. So uh, there's a couple of things that are really confusing. I, I did want to mention, though, the, the discussion that when when Black Phillip actually does talk finally to uh, Thomason, which is a really weird name for a girl. I guess that's an old name, Thomason. For I, I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it's an interesting name. Yeah. I thought it was a great choice uh, because you know Black Phillips a goat, and it was a great choice to have the camera focused on Thomason throughout that entire discussion. You never because it would be really hard to pull off seeing <laughs> this goat talking, right? Like hey, lip, right. <laughs> like, are they going to feed the goat peanut butter and it's going to be like Mr. Ed? Like, that would have really taken things out. Or if they tried to do it CG or do it mentally or something like that, it just... That was a really great choice by them to just keep it on there. Yeah. Um, so, I am... There's a few things I'm trying to, like, still trying to rile around in my head. So, there, so the... Um, the elder brother, he was loyal. He seemed like as if he was just loyal to everybody. I think he was a little bit of an outsider too, but he was just very loyal to his dad. You know, like uh, well, he was dealing with. I think he was dealing with a lot of guilt because he was uh, sneaking peeks at his sister. Yeah, so there was. So he, he was going through some weird phases. I think that was him. You know, trying to make amends with himself, yeah. he's feeling the sin. And- right. Well, like you that's, add, that's- remember the conversation. He was afraid. He asked his father, "Am I going to go to hell too because of my sin?" <laughs> so there's all there is all that deep rooted guilt um, that comes along with an extremist view like that. Where did and, that uh, come from, anyways? Because apparently in the Bible there is no hell. Like, who made that up, anyways? There's no hell. There is a devil, there, but there's there, no. There's. I, apparently, there's that's what I've been told. Bible. There in the Bible, there's no, 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 no actual. That's, that's not correct. Okay. There's actual hell. In the okay. Bible. All right. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't read know. Read your Bible, it's not, Kevin. It's not, well, I, I skipped that chapter. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, hell essentially is separation from God. It's not necessarily. It's not the you're in a pit of fire with not dancing fire. red people. 
It's, right, they like pitchforks and stuff. Theology, but anyway, okay. it's, yes, there is a hell. Okay, well, I always thought that was something that like Christians made up or something like. Because there's a lot of stuff in like mm-hmm. like I grew up Roman Catholic, and there's a lot of stuff that we just made up on the fly. You know, like th- there is no yeah. like you know just there's a bunch of rules that we follow and a bunch of uh, saints that we follow. None of them are in the Bible. They're yes. just like we just kind of make it up as we go, kind of thing. Um, like Mother Teresa is going to be yeah, a saint. That's She's the not in the Bible. Between the if you're familiar with church history, then this, these are Protestants. These, these broke away. These are people that broke away from the Catholic Church, um, and and they're part of the Protestant movement, which was an effort to get back to Orthodox Christianity. So, I thought it was. Yeah, I thought it was. Came, wasn't it because like King Henry couldn't? Uh, he got tired of killing his wives, right? He couldn't get a divorce, so he would just ha- kill off his wives. So didn't he just start a whole new religion? So he he wouldn't have to like he can actually get divorced. Mm, well, not not the Protestantism. No, the Protestant was was Martin Luther. Was oh, okay. Five theses. He broke away. He he rebelled against the the Christ the uh, Catholic Church in the 1400s. Okay. Um, and started the Protestant movement. So basically, there's two main uh, Christian sects or or groups: the Catholics and the Protestants. And the Protestants break off into like a thousand different denominations, but. It gets complicated, but basically this family is, is a Protestant extremist. Um, so up, they broke away from the Catholic rules and, and made up all kind of other rules that, that were just misinterpretations or, or perversions of, of the Bible. Um, so, Okay, well, so uh, yeah. now the son... <laughs> let's get back to the movie. Uh, so the son... Um, at some point in the movie, so they overhear that uh, because they're in the, the family's in dire straits, that they are going to sell off Thomason to be a maid or something like that uh, in order to get some money. You know, Dad, you got to wake up tomorrow morning. You got to go sell her off. I didn't uh, get that part. Were they going to sell her? I thought it was yeah. just to reduce the mm-hmm. amount of mouths to feed. No, they're going like, to. She'll, was... she'll be better off over there. Are they going to no, get she's, some money No, she's out? of age where we can bring her to get some get some money yeah, for her. Yeah, but that was common practice. Oh, okay. That wasn't selling her off. That was just, she's of age now. We need to give her to a man. To right, that's, that's kind of what I got. More, oh, I thought they were yeah, selling her to be a maid or something. No. No, I figured it was just like, it's time for you to go do this, and then we have one less person to look after. Yeah, back okay. then, yeah. when girls hit puberty, they were right. they were marriable. Right. They, they were ready to start having kids and stuff. So okay. I think so, that's what they were... Uh, well, that, that wasn't my question. My question is, um, and so in order to avoid this, so she wouldn't have to leave, the son who, you know, is, is sneaking peeks at her, uh, decides, you know, I got to do something about this so they don't take, take away my girly mag my walking girly mag i guess um <laughs> can uh, so he decides that he's going to get on a horse and what was he going to do what was his plan he had some sort of plan because there was the silver cup that was missing was he going to go and find the silver cup and bring that back or was he going to go and I thought kill he was the, just going to hunt was he going yeah, he was just going to go hunt i thought oh is that Talk what was going it, on or maybe kill the wolf because he yeah. he picked kill, up he said, like a, a weasel or something a weasel like no, no, that was, was a rabbit. In the trap. Oh, the, yeah, in the trap. Yeah, that was a rabbit, wasn't it? In the trap, or maybe it was a weasel. I don't know. I it was my understanding that he was just going out to hunt, and then he'd bring back a trophy feast, and the family would say, "Hey, okay. all right, we're doing good." Uh, okay, I, I didn't couldn't follow. I didn't know what was going on there. Okay, that makes sense. And then that's where he stumbled on the witch's hut, and yep, I think that witch that he found in the hut that was like the same witch. She was just had the 
you know, the spooky, I'm going to um, appear really I young. I took it as a different witch. No, I think it's the same one. I took it as a... I, I assumed it was the same witch, because up until that point, we hadn't seen anyone else, and I'm pretty sure that was uh, the only house that had been established, that the witch was out there somewhere. But then at the end of the movie, you get a whole bunch of them. So. Yeah, there's a whole but bunch. I, yeah, I, I, I don't kinda, know if that's... Yeah, it could have been like a hallucination type at deal. At least where that was, was the only point when somebody sees a witch, right? Mm-hmm. Because nobody yeah. saw her at the beginning. So I imagine he sees what she wants him to see. Sure. And then sure. at the end, when Thomason sees them, you know, she's of them. So they don't need to hide themselves. Now, what did this family do to the witch to piss her off? Like, what was the thing that, like, were they just on her land? Did, she, did they make I... a lot of noise at night? Uh, she... Does that matter? It's just, that's what witches do. Right? Well, the confusing well, part was. She's was... just doing her job. She, she just she gets paid. That's she's I fine. took it as Thomason was was marked by the devil as a target. They detected that she was different. They knew how to break this family apart, or he, he, or they, or whatever you want to say. And that was, and in the end, they got what they wanted. She was it the no goat choice. that marked her? Like how do, how did how was she marked? The goat, the goat was Black Philip was the devil in in the movie. But, or at they, least a demon or something. They don't really clarify that, but yeah, I, I took he's he's the devil. Okay. So the witch is the really, and he was there all along, talking to the twins and plotting some of this stuff out. So if you go back and watch it with that in mind, it's really interesting to see how the goat plays a major role in in how all this stuff plays out. I the one. Um thing that was uh, bothering me what happened to the twins did they just disappear at one yeah, point like they just kinda, mm-hmm. i think they were just remember they were dead remember when they were in the barn and then yeah. you see the witch messing with that goat and she turns around and then the next morning all the goats are all dead and the twins are gone and that's when the climax starts to happen where her mother right comes out right the dad comes out yeah. the mom comes out so they, so, just, they get taken too they get essentially probably killed Okay, because, yeah, you don't get any clarification of what happened to them, but they're not there at the, that circle at the end, so I imagine... They were, yeah. So it was basically, they just wanted her. The others were yes. just all uh, tools, kind of like the baby, just mm-hmm. taking it. Yet another, like a yet another movie that gives twins a bad rap. I feel bad for twins. They just can't do anything, <laughs> eh? Like, like, what is it? Well, I think the director was a big Kubrick fan, and oh, I okay. think that was like an homage uh, of sorts, at least could have been, of the twins from uh, The Shining. But um, it was I thought it was creepy, the way they were talking back to the goat and everything. It was, yeah. the, the use of them was, was effective. Yeah. And man, I tell you, I got chills when they were trying to pray for uh, Caleb, and they couldn't remember the Lord's Prayer. And mm-hmm. the family was like, what do you mean you can't remember? They couldn't say it. I thought that was very effective. Again, not no special effects, no, but it was creepy to me that they couldn't, they couldn't say the prayer. Mm. <clears throat> so that was really a, a kind of a dark moment for me. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I could watch this again, uh, you know, with a little fresh perspective. Maybe not anytime soon, but um, I, I, I could let this movie sink in a bit. It's very unsettling. Yeah, I, I think it's best. I do, <laughs> as much as I, as much as I want the, um, I wanted to ride that, that um, Rod Serling line of, mm-hmm. of, oh, could be this, could be that, play it off really nicely. I do like when a movie is a little more straightforward, like 
Mm-hmm. This is this. Um, so it's not exactly what I wanted for this movie, but uh, hey, it's still done with a lot of uh, care and thought. So yeah, I, I, I just think that the it's, director... nice, it's nice to see a film that you know when somebody says, "Hey, I'm going to make a film and I'm going to make it like this," and they, you know, they have a vision. Yeah, I, I think I'm just I think I'm more. I think the director. Okay. Sorry, go ahead, dude. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, you're right. <laughs> I was just going to say, I, I think the director wanted us to have a different discussion. He did. I don't think he wanted people to say, well, no, if you notice here, we know it's a witch because of this. I think he wanted to have a discussion that we're having. Like, why? You know, what broke this family apart? What? I think I think he wanted that to be, well, he wanted to avoid that, I think. And I, I, I appreciate that. I think it was very, very purposeful not to do that. Um, so we're having a different discussion instead of, was it really a witch? Mm. So. I, I just I for me I think I just I like intense movies like movies that 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 to me is more I don't know scary I guess um, this just just made me feel uneasy for an hour and a half I just mm. felt like just from the beginning with the baby getting uh, the, and then yeah I don't know I just felt uneasy throughout the whole thing. I, I don't think yeah. I, I, I. Well, think this I this kind of goes back to uh, like assault on precinct thirteen. You know, there there where where is that level of uncomfortableness? You know, you kind of got to get close to it, but you don't want to pass it. Yeah, and I I just think those kind well, like this kind of movie just isn't really for me. It's just not my like I I don't I couldn't even sure. really say if it's good or bad. There's a lot of things that I appreciated in it. There's a, and I just didn't like how it just made me feel uneasy. And I, I don't know. I, I guess people like that, but that's not really not really my thing. I guess. I, I appreciate know. that. I, I definitely understand it too, because I, I have similar feelings. But, um, and again, back to that psychological element. I don't know what it is to where I'd watch something like this, and at the same time can be uncomfortable and uneasy, and also drawn. So there, I don't know. Again, maybe it's that whole my background versus yours that that would change our perspective with the, you know from each other a little bit but yeah i, I appreciate that I, and i i kind of agree that it is unsettling it is disturbing it's not for everyone um but those things aside i think it was a very well made uh movie now, I, I don't even know if i want to say it was entertaining it was something beyond that you know it was it's it's thought provoking. That yeah, I guess that yeah. was the thing for for me because there were a few moments in the film where I did feel bored and I was like I'm waiting for something more to happen. Where the film overall wasn't so entertaining as it was uh, thoughtful. Yeah, I thought that the the tension. I mean, every scene I just felt like uneasy. Uh, I like what he did with the animals. Some of the the shots of that hair breathing, like you know, that just that the use of oh, animals, creepy looking really, rabbit, yeah, and that and the goat. Just some of the shots that he was able to get with the animals um, and how he used them effectively for an uneasy moment. I think uh, mm. I think it's hard to do. Number one, for a director to deal with animals, um, and I think he did a really good job with them to make them a a tool to make us feel uneasy. The hair just looked weird to me. It was a hmm. creepy looking rabbit, you know. I thought the rabbit was the witch and, too, because don't they? Some, some witches can turn into cats and stuff. They turn <laughs> yeah, into animals. Been, yeah. I, I thought it was the witch. Well, that well that that's uh that's kind of a compliment right there. If you felt uneasy and uncomfortable, that at least it generated a response, you know. 
where a lot of movies it's just empty and boring and like what, definitely what, what, what wasn't am I watching? yeah so. it definitely wasn't that it was just that thing that it brings in me i just i don't like even even uh yeah. to a certain degree like uh uh what's his name quentin tarantino movies kind of do that for me too like they just kind of make me feel uneasy uh, yeah i don't, I don't like his movies i'm not a fan of his yeah. that that's the kind of stuff i don't like that that gratuitous vulgar over the top that turns me off more than like the witch for sure it, it depends but like i remember the first time i saw pulp fiction i almost walked out my well, tara and i were seeing it at teenagers mm. and i was like nauseous <laughs> it's just that movie <laughs> turned me off big time yeah so yeah. um the guy who made this witch movie this did fairly well it, it was received well oh yeah, oh yeah like i think yeah. like anyone who doesn't like this movie is in the minority uh, because hmm. as far as I could tell, because that's what I did, is I looked up like to see what what were the reviews like for us, and, that, and they were glowing across the board. People and so, critics loved it. So this was a few years ago. So is he working on something else? Yeah, he's got, some, he's got he's another. He's got something out right now called the Lighthouse. Lighthouse, that's his that's second it. film, and yeah. it's, the Lighthouse. It's got a, again rave reviews, and it's got all kind of awards, you know, talk and stuff. So it apparently is like a. Uh, they're calling it groundbreaking and a, a, a cinematic achievement and all this, all these other, you know, <laughs> terms, but I'm looking forward to checking it out. I think it's a dark comedy. Um, it's a different type of movie, but it's, it, it is a period piece. It takes place in the twenties. It's got um, Robert Pattinson and the guy that played the green goblin. What's his name? William Defoe. Yeah. William Defoe. Oh. Uh, those are the two actors, the, the main actors in it. Okay. And it's all shot in black and white. Um, oh. So it looks very, very interesting. Hmm. Yeah. So I'm very interested. And it, I think it comes out like this month. It's coming out like real soon. Okay. So I'm very, very interested to check that out. Robert Eggers. And again, read some of the That's review. his name. The director. Yeah. yeah. I don't think we said his hmm. name yet. Yeah. William Robert Defoe Eggers. was in John Wick. The first and one? William Defoe. Yep. And William Defoe was in Spider-Man 2. Yes. Which I watched yesterday, and, yes. and that movie's still fun. Okay, Spider Man Two. Just saying, yeah, yeah, he is in Spider Man Two. Well, he's in two as well. He has a cameo yeah. at the end. Yeah. Oh, okay. Spoiler know. alert! I love Spider Man Two. Spoiler. <laughs> Spider Man Two is Harry, great. That is a good time. Green Goblin. I think Spider Man Two is still the best superhero film. It's time. really good. I Way like where there. comic book yeah. movies have, like, when the villains come out with those big, like, horns, like, that kind of music. Like, the uh, 89 Batman feels like a comic book movie. Yeah. It's fun. It's yes. fun. Yes. Now Super fun. Quit taking yourself so seriously. And you know what, everybody? It's okay <laughs> if Martin Scorsese doesn't like your movie. Everyone could settle down. Who cares? <laughs> and that, everyone's freaking out because Coppola said the same thing. He said, you know what, Martin Scorsese's right. Who, it's, who cares what these old geezers think about your movies? Move on. <laughs> it's fine. Relax, everybody. Like, they don't, like, not everybody has to like what you like. You can like your thing and it's move because, on. It's because they don't like the movie. They like being part of a group. And when somebody attacks the group, like, oh, no. So obnoxious. I'm just like, who, I, so, <laughs> like, I, of course Martin Scorsese doesn't like comic book movies. That's not what he makes. Now, if he came out and said, you know, you know what? I never liked The Godfather. Well, that would be interesting. You'd say, "Oh, really? You never liked? Well, how come? You know, like because that's like in his genre. That's in his wheelhouse." Mm -hmm. well, so what? He doesn't like freaking superhero movies. Who cares? 
He didn't even say that it was bad movies. He just said they weren't cinema. And then everyone got worked up over what cinema means. I hate people. They shouldn't be allowed to do anything. Just shut up. Relax. All right. I'm getting tired and cranky now, and I want to watch the end of El Camino. So this conversation went on super long, but it was good. It was good. I like it. If if you want to watch another good witch movie, I recommend Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters. Oh my gosh, really? That sounds silly. Uh, I, it's so silly, and and it knows it's silly, and it just has fun being silly. I really like that movie. Okay. If, if you want to watch another good witch movie, watch uh, The Witches of Eastwick. It's a fun movie. Good times. It's got uh, Sharon. Uh, or no, uh, Sharon. That's that one? I can't remember. Isn't that one with uh, Jack Nicholson? Jack Nicholson is uh, the devil. Michelle Pfeiffer? And Michelle Pfeiffer uh, bars up cherries. That's all I remember from that movie. I don't really... It's not really a hard recommendation. I've never seen it. I watched it a long time ago. That's all I remember. Uh, There's that uh, Ronald Dahl book, The Witches. That's pretty good. Ronald Dahl, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? Yeah, he wrote... Yeah. He's got a lot of good books out there. James and Giants Peach. Good times. Yeah, oh, I just showed my kids that movie not Did too you? long ago. They That's a good it. movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's fun like uh, animation. Yeah, yeah, Nightmare for Christmas style. All good times. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay, is this the Fandango fizzle? Are we fizzling out as we wrap up? Is that what's happening? Oh yeah, because I, I want to go do stuff. Yeah, you're yeah. you're mid- midday vox. You got stuff. To midday, do. I got stuff I got to do. Yeah, you're not going to bed. Well, thank you guys. Uh, for having nope. me on, I appreciate right. it. Well, thanks uh, for thanks, being on. Thanks here, for buddy. giving thanks us for a show. The movie. Yeah, you gave us uh, a whole I show. I was hesitant because I, <laughs> I was hesitant because you know I, I can't be like uh, who's, who's it? Uh, cre- uh, creepy Josh that creepy does Josh. all the, the yeah. glowing re- recommendations has an A plus rating with he, you guys. Uh, he so just I keeps knocking it out of the so. park. I don't I don't know what to what mm. to say. I I come at it from a different angle. I don't want to knock it out of the park. I want to I want to give you something like this where it's like, huh. Yeah, I don't know if I like that or not. Oh yeah, no, we, def- it, <laughs> we definitely we definitely like swung and miss, and we're walking back to the dugout now, thinking, "How did the hell did he just throw that?" And I missed it. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so we're definitely thinking about it. That's what I was going for. for sure. That's what I was There's a that's a sports a Fandango sports analogy for you. <laughs> All right, we're done. I think. Yep. All right, watch the witch. Yeah, show uh, ended maybe. a while ago. Okay, so. that's we might make this two episodes because this was a, this. I've been recording for an hour. Again, I was recording oh, forty-two wow. minutes before that. So, yeah. Okay. I have that effect on podcasts. <laughs> oh, you made it better. Making it better. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Thank, thanks for taking the time to watch the movie and discussing it. I really, yeah, it was fun. I, it was I wanted to watch it, so you gave me the perfect reason to bump it up. Good. Very good. Should I stop All recording right. now? Is this the Yes. <laughs> okay. <we're> done. <laughs> Thank okay. you, Duke. All Goodbye. Right. Goodbye. See you next week. Bye. 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 Bye.